Jamie and I with the year of the Green Zone on this Wednesday afternoon. Uh, still parts of Highway 1 travel not recommended with the uh, snowy conditions and now the temperature's starting to drop again in the province and maybe a Colorado low uh, heading our way in uh, Saskatchewan. So keep an eye on the highway hotline if you're heading out this evening. But right now we're going to take you to Vegas. And Dave Naylor is joining us from TSN from Super Bowl 58. Dave, thanks for doing this today. My pleasure. Yeah, to uh, excuse, I'm digging into a bit of uh, sticky pudding at Gordon Ramsay's restaurant here. So. Ooh, little little uh, fancy, fancy lunch for change. Fancy, uh, but Dave, I need oh. to know: Are you covering more CFL in Vegas or Super Bowl in Vegas? You've been busy on both fronts. You know what? It was funny. I was going to tweet about this, but I thought, no, I didn't. But I'll talk about it. I was when I broke the William Stanbeck signing of BC yesterday. I was crouched under a camera in front of a tripod about. Four feet from Travis Kelsey. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I was definitely doing more than one thing. And then I was I was listening to Kyle Shanahan's availability yesterday, and like I, you know, I had to leave. I got a call from a CFL agent in the middle of it. So yeah, I, my two worlds you might say have collided this week. Yes, yes, they have. I, I just want want to know about especially AJ Olette. Uh, how big of a deal is that for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders to land the running back from the Argos? It's a big deal, and I think it's a big deal to Argo fans as well, um, because he's probably the most popular Argo after Chad Kelly. You know, you saw a lot of AJ Willette jerseys in the crowd. He's a player certainly who has a kind of a, a very identifiable style of, of way he looks, the way he runs. People identified with it, latched onto it. Um, and I look, and I thought there was a good chance he might end up in Winnipeg if the Bombers didn't get Brady Oliveira. I think it was a scenario at one point that I thought maybe Oliveira was going to end up in B.C. Bombers would go A.J. Ouellette, uh, and then, you know, everything would sort of settle from there. So so Ouellette to Saskatchewan caught me by surprise. I know Saskatchewan had some conversations with uh, William Stanbeck earlier in the week because, of course, he was even available before the window opened uh, because of his release in Montreal. But, uh, yeah, that, that, that one I, I said on SportsCenter last night, that's the one that kind of intrigued me the most um, just because I know the Argos did not want to lose him. And, uh, you yeah, know, there was, there was a, there was, that was not a case of them just opening the door and saying good luck. I, I think they very much want him back. Dave Naylor joining us at TSN from Vegas, site of Super Bowl 58. Well, take us to the sights and sound of Vegas. As you said, you're in Ramsey's restaurant. What's it like covering a Super Bowl in Vegas for the first time? You know, it's always a little tough to answer those kind of questions on, on Wednesday, even though we've been here since Sunday. The weird thing is it rained for the first two and a half days we're here. I mean, it was bizarre being out where the teams are, you know, 30 miles out of town. And it's all, you know, desert rock, you know, like you imagine what the outskirts of Nevada look like. And it's pouring rain. And I think it only pours rain like about 20 days a year here. But two and a half of them have been, you know, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday this week. So that's put a bit of a damper, if I could excuse the pun, on, on kind of the atmosphere a little bit. Uh, the media party was last night. Uh, that was uh, remarkable. I mean, just every kind of Vegas entertainment you could think of, uh, you know, from people walking around on stilts or hanging off of poles to an Elvis performer to lots of good, uh, lots of good, you know, uh, hospitality. So, um, but it's, yeah, I think, I think it's going to be really interesting. You always judge these things and get the real vibe of them by the time the weekend comes. Cause that's when the fans really roll in at this point of the year of the week. It's the media, you know, there's a lot of corporate people here, but you don't see a lot of actual football fans. And those, those kind of come in with the weekend. Although 
at 10,000 a ticket. I'm not sure uh, you know, <laughs> how many real fans are going to be sitting in the stadium on Sunday. Well, well, let's get into it. One of the, the big topics of conversation already this Super Bowl week is uh, the Niners are a little bit annoyed of the practice facility. Uh, what are you getting a sense of UNLV's field, and is it really going to be that big of a deal in preparation for the 49ers this week? Well, i got to apologize a bit on this one because my, my team this week is the Chiefs. Farhan Lalji is covering the 49ers, so I have... I have not dived into that story. I did watch Roger Goodell address it during his availability on Monday, which used to be Friday, and then they moved it up, and now it's on Monday when a lot of the media isn't even in town, but that's another story. Uh, he was asked about it, uh, you know, was kind of uh, unequivocal in his rejection of any sense that this was not up to standards. He said it may be a slightly different field than they're used to practicing on but is by no means, you know, not within the standards of the NFL. And, uh, you know, his, his opinion on that for, you know, a guy who can kind of waffle and take middle ground on answers, as all commissioners do, he, he was pretty direct on that one. What are you getting a sense from of the Chiefs? You know, four Super Bowl in five years. This is old hat for them. How calm, cool, collected is this organization rolling into Super Bowl 58? You know, I'll get a little uh, comparison. It's funny. I was at Patrick Mahomes' podium on opening night. And he was kind of very playful, you know, had a smile on his face. You could sense the excitement, it, 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 you know, just by being back. That's the moment you really know you're back at the Super Bowl, when you sit down in their riser and you've got, you know, 300 reporters around your spot, and they're all tossing questions at you. And he was, like I said, he was, he was almost playful and, and really engaging. And today, uh, he was at the podium again today, and this is back at the hotel where the team is staying about 30 miles out of town. And he had a very different demeanor. I mean, he was... It was all business. The kind of fun to be here uh, persona was gone. I I wouldn't say he was short with the media, but he was certainly more terse than he had been on Monday night. And you could just kind of feel that, you know, time to get to business here. Uh, I mean, for him, you think about it, he's, you know, this is the third day in a row. He's on media. He's got to do it one more day. And he's been through this a few times. But just taking my read off Patrick Mahomes, I would say that the Chiefs mood has kind of shifted from, isn't it great to be back here to, you know, business mode? That is certainly the read I would have taken off of seeing Mahomes this morning. Yeah, it's time to dig in and win now um, uh, for an organization. On We're really talking about dynasty area here, fourth Super Bowl in five years, could win a third. Um, and, Dave, after this season, the way it's gone with a younger defense coming into its own and being able to win with not a lot of receivers, this team's nowhere close to have like the Patriots won their third and then had went a decade before they won another one. Uh the Chiefs I don't think are gonna have that big of a gap. You know you hear about a team's Super Bowl window? I think the rest of the AFC's Super Bowl window was this season. You know, when the Chiefs had the sixteenth best offense. You know, when they had a very soft schedule, didn't really beat anybody all year, didn't play well during December. Now it was always the, the Chiefs were always a very recoverable team for this season. Oh, excuse me. You're going to hear our, uh, going to hear our, uh, some table talk here. Sorry, guys. Live here. Um, but I mean, look at the Chiefs. They have the number two defense in the NFL. They have excellent special teams players. They can run the football. So weirdly enough, on a team with Patrick Mahomes as a quarterback, the only thing that was missing or questionable was whether they could pass it well enough to win. And you tell me Patrick Mahomes can't get hot for three games. The thing is, they don't really have the depth of targets, which you think might have hit them somewhere in the playoffs. But look at last mm-hmm. week against Baltimore, a week and a half ago. They had 20 targets to Travis Kelsey and Rasheed Rice, and 19 of them were caught. So, you know, they 
Look, they're not getting the drop balls they were getting during the season. Andy Reid talked about that this morning, that he felt there was sort of like one or two drop passes a game that were the difference between them winning and losing games. And they haven't dropped many balls in, in the playoffs. And, and everybody knows what they're going to do. They're going to throw it to Rasheed Rice. They're going to show it to Travis Chelsea. They're going to run it with Isaiah Pacheco. They're going to throw a ton of screen passes. But, you know, they've been, they've been pretty efficient in these playoffs. Okay, final question for Dave Naylor. Um, I was watching uh, Sports Center with Jay on right the other night. What, what did what did you do to Kara Waglin? And why? Like, what? Where did you lead her astray in Allegiant Stadium to get almost locked out of opening night? What happened? I got. I got a lot. Kara's sitting at the table here. I got to tell her, Kara. Kara, I'm getting the uh, I'm getting the basement in the stadium question. <laughs> <laughs> I think she did a bunch of these earlier this week. <laughs> yeah, I, I got to say. One of my pet peeves, and just in general, is poor signage. And um, they had very poor signage for us to get from all the opening night where all the players were down on the field to the 300 level where there was actual food for the media. So Kara and I went there between the availability of the uh, Chiefs and the Niners and asked about four different people on our way there. Eventually, we're directed to an elevator that took us down into a basement, and then all the buttons that were, that were up wouldn't work. So that was when I began uh, wandering the hallways of the basement of uh, Allegiant Stadium, banging on like empty office doors, hoping somebody was down there. And uh, and a woman came along, and uh, she had a pass, and she kind of smiled at us because she could tell we were like not where we were supposed to be. And she kind of said, you know, like I'm going to rescue you guys. And she walked in the elevator, hit the pad, and we got out. So. Yeah, it was a little adventure on opening night of the, of the Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, I would I would have been having an anxiety attack, Dave Naylor. I would have been like, "Oh my goodness!" Like, don't we still had cell phones. We, we we could have called people to try to rescue us, but we were rescued before we had. Yeah, then all of a sudden you're in the basement of a stadium. It's like you got no cell reception. Oh my god! But anyways, maybe, yeah, there's that too. Yeah, we, well, maybe we would have. Yeah, maybe we wouldn't have got out of that. Dave, I'll let you get back to the uh, sticky pudding uh, at uh, Ramsey's restaurant. Thanks for doing this today. Enjoy the rest of your week. All right. Thank you, Jamie. Take care. See ya. Bye. That is Dave Naylor, TSN. Uh, in Las Vegas, Super Bowl 58, it is the Chiefs and the 49ers. Uh, coming up next, another experience I would love to have as a media member is the experience of what Radio Row is like during a Super Bowl. And you see all the shows. Like when you're watching shows this week and you're a sports fan and you're seeing the setups of, you know, CBS, Fox, Sirius, all these are they're radio row. They're in the media room where everybody is. And I mean everybody is. In fact, a guest coming up at 535, Bob Marjanovich, the Moj, we we had to reschedule. He called me. I got to go now for this interview. I uh, Dan I just got Dan Marino. I got to go talk to Dan in 20 minutes. Like it is the hustle and bustle on the who's who. Bob Marjanovic has been doing this for over two decades. A little bit of the inside story behind the hoopla and part of the mayhem of Radio Row Super Bowl in Las Vegas. Uh, that's still coming up. This is 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. I'm Jamie Nye. This is the Green Zone on a Wednesday afternoon. Getting set a little later tonight, Sastel Center. It is the Rivalry Series. It is 
Canada and the United States, the national women's programs going head-to-head. The U.S. has a 3-1 series lead. This is a exhibition event. They go to different host cities. And then, of course, the PWHL League started up, and they've had a little bit of a break. Back at it this week uh, with uh, Canada the U.S. in Saskatoon and tonight, and then Regina on Friday night. Go check it out. That's some of the best. Well, pretty well the best uh, women's hockey uh, you will see uh, in Saskatoon and Regina this week. Last night, the Oilers' streak ended 16 games. Aiden Hill outstanding uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights. But also last night, the Calgary Flames came out of the All-Star break with a little bit of a jump. 4-1 win over the Boston Bruins. As Nazem Kadri said, a pack of hyenas can bring down a lion, and they were all over the Boston Bruins last night. But tomorrow night, It is the Vancouver Canucks against the Boston Bruins. Top team in the East, top team in the West. Could it be a Stanley Cup final preview? I certainly hope so because I want so, so much to beat the Boston Bruins in a Stanley. And if not them, bring on the New York Rangers. Okay? Revenge. Those were the two Stanley Cup finals I remember. Both went to Game 7. Both ended in heartbreak for a younger man and then an older man in 2011. So, uh, but Canucks and Bruins uh, tomorrow. And it's been remarkable to see as the Oilers won 16 straight and they go streaking. Still a pretty decent gap uh, between the Canucks and the Oilers right now because the Canucks have been the second best team in hockey over that same stretch. The Jets have been up there too. Um, Yeah. Now that we're out of the All-Star break, This next few weeks ahead of the trade deadline is going to be fun for hockey fans. Jamie Nye with you here on the Green Zone. This just in. And this is nothing to do with sports. This is actually big news for the province of Saskatchewan and what has been going on between the government of Saskatchewan and the negotiations with the Saskatchewan Teachers Federation and the job action that was planned for tomorrow. And I use past tense because the STF, the Saskatchewan Teachers Federation, is suspending all job action as they have been invited to resume negotiations by the government trustee bargaining committee. Uh, Jeremy Cockerell posted a video on social media about what the teachers wanted financially anyways, and they have gone to the bargaining committee saying, okay, let's get the ball rolling. So, effective immediately, the Federation, the STF, is suspending all planned job action. That means that the scheduled province-wide withdrawal of noon hour supervision planned for Thursday, that is tomorrow, has been canceled. Teachers who usually provide non or noon hour supervision at the schools will be allowed to provide that service on Thursday. So there was a like five kids in school. We were getting notifications of the bus schedule changing and everything else, even some daycares and things. So be on the lookout. Uh, pass this information along, saying 
No, no, I heard it from uh, Jamie and I said it on the, the Green Zone. Yeah, yeah, I know the sports guy was talking about education. I don't know why, uh, but he did. Uh, that the Teachers' Federation and the government appear to be heading back to the bargaining table. So tomorrow's job action has been canceled. Uh, so we'll see what the school boards react to that on how they're going to recalibrate or if it's just, okay, we're going back to more normal tomorrow. Very short notice. But that is what happens in a negotiation. I know a lot of us are just hoping that this is resolved and it works for both sides, the taxpayers and the teachers. Uh, So that just came across as the STF suspending all job action tomorrow. So those teachers who provide noon hour supervision will be allowed to provide that service tomorrow. We'll have more coming uh, soon. Uh, CJME.com, CKOM.com. Of course, the day in review as Andrew Shepard recalibrates his entire newscast for 6 o'clock to get you up to speed on the very latest in the negotiation between the province and the teachers. Back to sports. Back to Super Bowl 58. And Radio Row is quite the theater. The who's who of football arrive. And then it's up to the hosts and the producers to chase and try to find the best guests for their show. The Moj, the voice of the BC Lions from Vancouver, has been there. Well, Moj, what is it? How long has Bob Marjanovic and crew been down covering the Super Bowl from Radio Row? Three years. First Super Bowl was Ravens, Giants, Tampa Bay way back in 2001. We missed the COVID year, but other than that, we've always been here. So, yeah, it's, it's you know, it's funny. I was getting my credentials and I was looking at the girl giving my credits and I'm like, I've probably been coming to this thing before you were born. She looked like she was in her early twenties, right? So <laughs> yeah, it's just been, it's been a while. It's been fun, but it's, you know, the cool thing about it, it's like a convention for a lot of us. You know, you see a lot of people that you've dealt with over the years or, you know, interviewed, whatever. And it's just great to have a little FaceTime and see these guys face to face. But how's Vegas compare? This will be your first time in Vegas. Well, not first time in Vegas, but first time in Vegas for a Super Bowl. Well, if you saw my tweet on Sunday night, I wasn't too happy about paying 200. I think we paid 243 US for three of us for authentic Mexican food. The margaritas came out in pine glasses. So, um, JT the Brick, my good friend who lives here with Sirius Radio, kind of set me straight on where to go. Do not eat at some of these places on the strip. They're tourist traps. But, you know, to be honest, we're pretty much embedded in the hotel. Um, we went out to media night last night. They had a media party. Monday night, we went to the actual media night event with the players. But for the most part, it's like wake up, roll out go down to the lobby, walk over to the convention center, and just do our work from 9 to 5. So haven't really had an opportunity to go, oh, Thursday night will be fun. We'll do the Dick and Josh cigar party, and tonight I think we have dinner plans, and then, you know, we'll see what happens later. Well, what is, take us to Radio Row. It, it is a place that we all, we all see it. We all see the coverage on all the monster networks down there, Radio Row. What kind of effort? You know, negotiation does it take to, uh, oh, just so everybody knows, we had to call Mo Jerley because I'm talking to Dan Marino in 15 minutes. Can we go now? Yeah, well, um, there's probably, man, I mean, if you check out our social media content, you're going to see some of the, the photos and videos of just how big it is. We are probably talking about 150 to 200 tables that are set up, like, you know, the remote setup, you got all your gear and all that. You know, there's people with pop-up stands and lights that are doing streaming and 
you know, and then on the outer periphery of this huge banquet hall, you have the individual, well, the big networks. Uh, I'm looking over right now, Pro Football Talk Live and NBC Sports Peacock, Mike Florio and Phil Sims are interviewing someone over to my left, right in our corner, talk about negotiating. Um, Pat McAfee and his crew, AJ Hawk, they're taping right now. They got somebody who's dressed up in a Vegas Golden Knights jersey. McAfee's gone nuts on hockey. And when you talk about negotiating, one of the currencies that we always bring down are cigars. So I just bumped into AJ Hawk. We had both AJ and Pat on our show last year and hoping to get them back on again. But, you know, for the most part, you're walking around. I mean, you, we do a lot of pre booking early in the week, um, even before the, the, the event starts. But a lot of times you bump into people here that you know, and they're, you know, like Dan Marino's promoting M&M's along with Trell Owens and Bruce Smith, right? Well, the thing is, I mean, we've had Marino on in San Francisco before, so the thing is, you talk to the handlers, the handlers try to squeeze you in if they have some time, and luckily for us, they just kind of squeeze Dan Marino in for us. Yeah, uh, not a bad get, of course, uh, the great Dan Marino. We're talking to Bob Marjanovich, the voice of the BC Lions, the Moj, Moj on Sports, Sportsnet Radio Vancouver is where you can find his stuff from Radio Row uh, for Super Bowl uh, 58. Um the Joe Montana, he was almost, was he almost in the CFL you found out a few years ago? <laughs> yeah, he told me. Um, it's funny. Montana was always that fish that got away from us, right? He was always with these handlers. And then one year um, he was scheduled to join us. He was promoting hot avocados, believe it or not. And he he was there till 2. And we had him booked at like 145. And by the time he was supposed to roll around to us, it was 215, so he had to leave. And I said, hey, are you coming back tomorrow? He goes, yeah, I'll be back tomorrow. I go, do you like cigars? Because I love cigars. So I gave him the biggest stick I had in my bag. And ever since then, and he's come up to Vancouver for a couple of events, and we've met up there. And ever since then, he's become a regular for us. But the one thing that Montana told us was that when he was with the 49ers and Candy and Gretzky and those guys owned the Argos, was that Candy said, hey, he goes, what do you think about playing in Canada? And I'm paraphrasing here, but I mean, Joe basically said, John, you guys don't have enough money. So that was the gist of it. Yeah, but, I mean, Candy did approach him about possibly playing with the Argos. <laughs> that would have been another wild ride. Uh, the Moj, Bob Marjanovic, uh, in Vegas for Super Bowl 58. Let's talk some football, though. Uh, what do you think of this matchup? You've, you've been there enough. You've seen the Chiefs a few times. They played the 49ers a few years ago. What do you think of this year's matchup, Bob? Well, you know, the thing is, the, the really cool part about this is you talk to everybody during the course of the week, and it really kind of helps you formulate your opinion. And Most of the times, we're pretty bang on with our predictions when we come out with them on the weekend. But, man, um, it, it's funny. When you talk to everybody here, everybody probably likes the 49ers on paper except for one position, and it's Patrick Mahomes and quarterback, right? It's just, it's always, yeah, but Patrick Mahomes, right? So... Mahomes is going to have to do what he does, you know, best. And I think there are people here that just believe that because of that factor that Kansas City can win this football game. But, you know, still kind of like talking to people, like trying to get information, find little nuggets here and there. But that's the, the gist of it. When you talk to most people here, it's they like the 49ers, but it's Patrick Mahomes that scares them. Yeah, I can understand why uh, from the experience factor, right? Like you, you look at a guy in Patrick Mahomes, and you know he could win his third Super Bowl, same age as Tom Brady when Tom Brady won his third. He's in his fourth Super Bowl. How overwhelming is this going to be for Brock Purdy in his first as Mister Irrelevant a few years ago? Yeah, I mean it's something that you have to deal with, but I think this goes—you know—this is going to be a real test of Brock Purdy's makeup. Um, 
it's funny. Troy Aikman, and I'll name drop here, but Troy Aikman told us a story one time. Um, the very sur- very first Super Bowl the Cowboys run, and I love this story. I think it's a great story. Um, Aikman says, Jimmy Johnson walks into the locker room at the start of the week with a two-by-four, throws it in the middle of the ground, and says, how many guys can walk across this two-by-four? Well, everybody on the team raises their hand, right? And then Jimmy says, okay, I'm going to take this two-by-four. I'm going to put it up. Okay, here's Max Crosby walking by. It's just a normal day. <laughs> <laughs> so um, he puts. It, he says, what are you guys going to do? How many of you guys want to walk across this two-by-four if I put this thing ten stories high, Right. And it's like now half the hands in the room are going up. And Jimmy goes, guys, you guys have been walking across this two-by-four all year long. Block all the noise out. Block everything else out. Just keep walking all across the two-by-four. I think that's the real gist of this week. And, you know, we talked to Brian Billick yesterday about it, the challenges that coaches face. And he says the biggest thing you got to do is try to make this as normal of a week as possible. Yeah, it's totally different. But in terms of your routines, your the things you do during practice, your film sessions, all of it, and it's a real test, actually, of an organization, right? And that's something else that we talked about with Brian. It's just not, you know, the team. You know, you don't want players worrying about hotel rooms for their parents on Wednesday night or tickets for their aunt and uncle on Thursday, right? It's trying to block all of that noise out, as Brian said, and just kind of focus on football. How often is Taylor Swift's name mentioned on Radio Row this year? Actually, you know what? I don't think anybody's even dropped her name once. Honestly. <laughs> No. I'm well, serious. Travis Travis Kelsey got a few, Travis Kelsey got a few questions on opening night about it. I know that much. Uh, although I liked your questions a lot better about Zach Kalaros. Yeah, it was. Well, you know, it, it's interesting when you talk about the connection. It's such a small world, the world of football. Um, we had a couple of the Forty ers Brandon Allen and Drake Greenlaw, had played with Keon Hatcher at Arkansas. So we got them talking about Keon Hatcher, Johnny Holland, the linebacker coach for the Forty ers um, is a former linebacker coach for the Lions. He's in BC from 2014 to 2015, right? Um, there's, and, and, you know, it's just, you know, we talk about Kelsey and Caleros. I mean, there's other connections. We're hoping to get Will Compton on today, uh, Busting with the Boys, huge podcast that they got going on on Barstool. And he played with Seante Evans in Nebraska, right? Like, so it's just, it's always like one degree of separation. And it's really cool that a lot of these guys acknowledge the CFO and actually love the CFO. We actually had a great chat with Tim Terry who is the Kansas City Chiefs director of player pro player personnel. Tim was a member of the Great Cup champion Tiger Cats team. What was it, 98, I think? He was on that team, and he talked about his experiences in the Canadian Football League. So, like I said, it's really cool that, you know, how small of a world the football family is. I know well, later on in the year, closer to the season, we'll talk more about CFL free agency. A lot of noise going on this week. Uh, but I just need to know before we let you go, have you been able – to find a smoked old fashioned that rivals the one at the Hotel Sask no, in Vegas. Hell no, 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 no. Like nothing rivals that. That's like that's the top of the list, right? I mean, you do not get anything better than the smoked old anything that I've tried since, it's not even close. No. And that was hey, talk about a piss off too. Sorry about my language. But I mean, what have I done in this I do good things, I do charity work. That's tremendous. I'm a good guy. They sent us to Winnipeg twice again this year. Why? Why? They, they heard your rant on the green zone and went, you know what, Moj, you're going back. <laughs> That's going to be five times in the span of whatever, 18 months. That's criminal. <laughs> That's like the Red Cross should get involved. Well, Moj, I know you got an interview with Dan Marino coming up, so I'll let you run. Thanks for doing this from Radio Row once again. And as always, uh, appreciate your time. No worries. Thank you. Anytime.
That is uh, the Moj, the voice of the BC Lions, Bob Marjanovic. You can uh, check out all their Super Bowl Radio Row stuff, Moj on uh, Sports, as well as uh, doing some stuff uh, for Sportsnet Radio in Vancouver. Well, NHL Player Safety Department chumps again. I'll tell you more next on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. You two are winners, big winners. I think you're shagadelic, baby. You're switched on. You're smashing. You tried your best, and you failed miserably. The only thing I'm addicted to right now is winning. You're an idiot. Ah, you're a bad person. One champ, one chump. The chump is uh, the NHL player safety department. They suspended Brendan Dillon for three games for being tall. Um, he stood in front of Nola Chari, who's shorter than he is, and who skated so hard into Brendan Dillon's bicep um, that he hurt himself. But Brendan Dillon got three games for, you know, getting in front of a player in the National Hockey League, which is now criminal, apparently. Just, just lay him. Just let him skate. Right on by. Uh, champs. It is uh, the national day for na- national day for women's and girls sports. And the champs, of course, all the trailblazers out there that came down. It was you know Haley Wickenheiser in this province um, at, in hockey. So many great female athletes. Emily Clark's going to be on the ice tonight. But the champs are all those leaders, the coaches the volunteers, those who push for better. Emily Clark's dad is one of the the great people who are making sure there is room in hockey rinks uh, for young women now. And this is going across the province. It's going across the country. There are so many that have continued to open doors for our little girls to continue their journey for trying to achieve the ultimate dream, whether that be in hockey, whether that be Olympic sport, or in life. 